0: Welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Strikert. I am an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts
1: my name is Aaron. I am also one of your hosts.
0: And also an actor.
1: It's true. I've given up now. I don't even have rebuttals anymore. It's like
0: That's actually good because I have no more uh, 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 interesting witticisms to, to make. It <laughs> I know. Like I've just actor. given
1: up. Last episode, I was like, you said it, and I was like, yeah, I'm an actor. And then like two seconds, I was like, eh. <laughs> Let me think about that again. Um, I've given up. I've given up on it. I've given up i've quit my job i've just gone to the actor lifestyle now you're
0: you're you're now uh an auditioning actor yes yeah
1: with no auditions which is like most actors you know yeah that is yeah yeah.
0: uh, one of my favorite things is when actors will post and be like i got an audition uh because i always found that weird because i was Mm. always like that's like being at starbucks and being like (laughs) I made a coffee. Like, yeah, that's a part of it, dude. Like,
1: So I actually have a funny story about an audition I did. I don't know if I ever told you this. This would have been like, I was in high school. I was in grade 12. And, um, this was before we went to university, before we even met. Ooh. Um, but I was like, Putting out shit on so like this was BS
0: before yeah, Spencer. Yes, before Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I keep
1: track of my life. Actually, it's like a big turning point before before Spencer. After Spencer. After Spencer. Yeah, things were going up, and then so I met either, you. And then it's then, either BS or ass. Yeah, yeah. Before after,
0: Spencer or after Spencer, which Stryker.
1: perfectly <laughs> describes the trajectory of my life. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so I was doing this audition, and like I I can't remember what it was. Some fucking like knockoff website for auditions or whatever like one of those shitty ones and i went to this audition it was like some movement based theater and i didn't even know what the fuck movement was uh so i did uh lowlights i picked a song it's like pick a song and come dance like come do a movement piece so i like picked low lights by Kanye West and i made the shit up i was just like rolling around on the floor and then i did like a bunch of like wacky shit and then the worst thing could possibly happen happened they asked me to like go back and do it again. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like I made this shit up. I even said I was like, "Oh, I just like I just like made it up." Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Man, and and now you would say I Improvised, yeah, it.
1: yeah. No, I was like, uh, I was like, I, I really like this song, and I just kind of went with it. Isn't like what I said? <laughs> it went horribly wrong. They didn't even email emailed me to tell me I didn't get it. Oh God, yeah. that hurts. Yeah, no, it was bad. <laughs> I just like I literally like had no idea what I was. I was like, rolling around the floors, like doing things with my hands. Fuck. Yeah.
0: No, I hate I hate movement based auditions because I've never done well with.
1: Yeah, them. Yeah, I think I looked like a like a '90s magician. <laughs> I was like doing a lot of hand movements. You were doing it up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like sprucing up a shit. It was really nice. It was like polishing a turd. It was actually my inspiration. You were like this, like, yeah.
0: uh, okay. So before we get into mm-hmm. anything, uh, I gotta, uh, we gotta plug the vetoes. Of
1: course. Uh, Sorry.
0: cause I forgot to do that last week. Uh, and I felt bad about it afterwards, but, uh, we do have them listed in underneath all of our stuff. So mm-hmm. please go check them out or pre-order their vinyl. Uh, I have to pre order it still. I've I've fucked up and I keep forgetting to do it. So I need to do that. Nice. Pre order their vinyl so that we can review it as soon as it comes out.
1: We can we can split it and then we can go to court and like share it like a child. That's actually we a can really split good custody. idea. Yeah. I,
0: I want weekdays.
1: Oh, weekdays. you know what I can I could have fun with the Vito's album on the weekend. So. Yeah. you know what? That's like that's like the better of the two. It's like I got free time and I have to go to work. See, and like weekdays are like
0: my weekend. Mm. Cause mm. I do comedy, so my fucking <laughs> weekends are my work week, and the rest of it, I fucking... The old,
1: the old Tuesday morning, old Saturday.
0: Tuesday morning. <laughs> Let's go. Um, okay, so uh, I got some gigs to plug. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, This Friday, because uh, this episode's coming out this week, I believe. Uh, this Friday, uh, I'm at Lethbridge at uh, Good Times, Friday and Saturday, but on Friday... We're doing a special show with the CBC. Ooh. Uh, so be sure to come out, Lethbridge. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's me, Forrest IT, and Brittany Leising. Uh Brittany, obviously, who... Everybody knows from the podcast mm-hmm. and also probably from her numerous television credits. Yes. But, uh, I, I would assume maybe those more so than us. But she, she's a big fish and she came to our little pond. And she's a big fish. Yeah. and She did our tiny podcast, which yeah. is appreciative. Our koi fish pond. Our koi fish <laughs> yeah.
1: pond. In a, in a like a Benny on <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: we're like we, we are legitimately like beta fish in mm. a uh, hot hot pot on the stove
1: nice do you know like the, the little things they keep them in at the pet store they're like way too small for them? oh yeah that's yeah that's us that that is us <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of us on the shelf which i think like now that i think about it it's kind of torturous like they sit them all next to each other in <laughs> this little thing and they just like ram their heads against the oh yeah eh, but they, all, thank they all you they do for is fight picking us up
0: off the shelf and taking us home oh to our listeners <laughs> <laughs> that's nice <laughs>
1: what an analogy what an analogy what a metaphor we
0: are in your ears of your home um anyways uh <laughs> yeah so uh the this friday at good times uh mm-hmm. is gonna be really fun and then um this is uh, a little bit more serious um but uh i'm organizing a fundraiser show uh for sandy cooper black he's a uh young kid who uh lives right near where i grew up uh -hmm. in southwest saskatchewan uh and just before the new year he was at a rodeo in brooks and he ended up breaking his neck on a bronc uh he's in the spinal care unit at the uh foothills hospital right now Mm -hmm. and uh so because of the long-term costs that are going to go into like since he's now uh, paraplegic it's gonna be a lot of long-term costs in terms of like getting their house set up to have you know have it be wheelchair accessible and like you know renovating showers and everything like that as well as the cost of being in the spinal care unit for a long term Uh, so I'm organizing a comedy show. I've got a really good lineup. Uh, I got cowboy Cole, Robert Robertson, who everybody might know from TikTok and everything. Mm -hmm. He's, he goes viral on there frequently. Um, I got him. I got a mole I got Gabby Rose. I got Brittany Lysing. I got Dale Ward. I got Corey Mack. I got Lori Gibbs. Uh, and, uh, I'm forgetting someone, but, uh, Oh, Mark McHugh. And there's one other person I forgot. Uh, but, uh they're all volunteering their time so a hundred percent of the proceeds from this are going to go to uh sandy cooper black's uh family and his recovery fund Uh, i talked to his mom about it and his mom was really happy with the idea um i'm gonna go visit him this week uh at the hospital and and uh uh just you know try and lift his spirits up a bit Mm because uh i mean i i kind of related to it because i saw you know a lot of myself in that kid like obviously there were some parallels but about like where we grew up and yeah. like uh, rodeo, rodeo and and, mm-hmm. and everything, and uh, it it just kind of like it really affected me, like it hit me hard. So I wanted to do something, and uh, I figured you know if I've got the ability to help out in any way, I should, uh, especially because this is a cool thing. Uh, the GoFundMe that is raising money right now, they just crossed a hundred thousand dollars. Nice. So uh, so that's really good. And uh, Coulter Wall actually uh, knows Sandy. Pretty well, so he's donating a hundred percent of the proceeds from his album, uh, Western Swing and Waltzes, or mm-hmm. Western Waltzes and Swing. I forget the name of the album, but if you look it up, you will be able to find it on, on iTunes. Uh, it went to number one on iTunes because of this, and a lot of people are, are buying it. So, uh, yeah, good job for Coulter Wall for doing it, and uh, yeah, if uh, if anybody wants to check out the GoFundMe, I'll link it below mm-hmm. everything here. Uh, and yeah, please come out to the show; it's going to be really good.
1: Wait, when and where is the show? Uh,
0: so the show's going to be at the Tea House.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's going to be February first. 7 p.m. Nice. Um, so uh, early show on a Wednesday, but uh, but definitely worth it. And it's same ticket prices as normal. Uh, we will have, you know, we'll we'll give everybody there the option to like donate more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to make sure that like, you know, we could sell out the show and make it like yeah. w- worth it. So uh, so we kept the ticket prices the same. So I hope to raise I hope to raise about 500 bucks for this cause. So. Nice. Nice. I'll be there. Hell yeah. yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get into the episode now. Um, so. We actually, uh, this week, I'm going to pull out the the album first. We're covering one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. A Great Big Pile of Leaves Pono. Um, I'm really excited about this, uh, but what I'm even more excited about is that we have a pre-recorded interview with A Great Big Pile of Leaves that we are going to play for you right now. Um, We uh, we didn't know (laughs) the answers to these questions. Uh, So... Listen accordingly. Yeah. yeah enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy the fun that ensues. And I
1: hope they mess with us a little bit, too. I hope so, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope
0: there's some one-word answers. Yeah. I do. Thanks for, <laughs>
1: thanks for yanking my joke and robbing it. <laughs>
0: Dude, I had to yank something, okay? I didn't. I didn't whack off this one. I morning. know. It's earlier than we usually do the podcast. <laughs> like usually have time. I have a glistening beam of sunlight on my face. That's how early you know it is. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, 11, so we're going to get into 30. the interview now, so, uh, uh, take a listen. All right, welcome to the show, uh, from a great big pile of leaves, one of the band members. I actually don't know who it is that's going to be answering the question. So this, this, is, this is fun. This is, this, big, is, uh, <laughs> this is a very unconventional interview. This is a very unconventional interview. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so the first question that we have for you is, your lyrics are fun and have a combination of sentimentality and goofiness. How do you come up with the ideas for your songs about singing in the kitchen or adopting a pet mouse?
3: Hey, uh, this is Tyler from a Great Pile of Leaves, uh, spelled T Y L E R S O U C Y. My last name is Susie, Tyler Susie. Uh, I play drums in a great Pile of Leaves. Uh, thanks for having me. I hope I don't ruin your podcast. Um, I think a lot of those things just come from Pete. Uh, Pete writes all the lyrics for sure. Um, the Pet Mouse was like an actual mouse that was in our apartment. And uh, we have a song called Learn to Share from our first album that is about a spider that Pete saw hanging from uh, a vent in his kitchen. Um, so those those were just like sparks of something and then he created an entire song out of them. Uh, I think the Learn to Share, he was actually writing at the moment when he saw the spider. Uh, so yeah, just stuff like that. And I think, I, I think most of it comes from life experiences of Pete's and he likes to kind of, uh, put them behind, uh, random objects or food. He likes to use those as the, uh, storytelling vessel, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, lyrically I have, uh, absolutely nothing to do with it. Oh, that was
1: both (laughs) sentimental and goofy. That was both. Uh, (laughs) uh, One question, I guess. We were doing a lot of research into the band, trying to find out some more information about you guys, and uh, you guys are a little bit, you know, hard to find stuff about. So we were curious, how did you guys meet? How did you guys
3: first get together and start playing together? Pete and I met. um, The band that I was in before this was touring and uh, we needed a bass player on the tour and Pete joined, he was a friend of a friend. Um, He was more of a songwriter and guitar player. Um, He had never played bass before, but he bought a bass, came out on tour with us. And then that ended up being the last tour we did with that band. So Pete had a bass, had a guitar, songwriter, already had some songs written um, and I had recording gear. So after that band fizzled out, we kind of just recorded uh like five songs i think five or six songs and um those just ended up being the fiery works ep and uh you know we didn't pay anything to record we were just kind of messing around in my childhood bedroom writing and recording these songs we had no idea what we were doing uh it's i might argue we still don't but um yeah it was just it was just fun and we put the songs out on the internet for free and people started reacting and responding to him. Um, and then I think after we wrote the second Fiery Works EP, we kind of wanted to play shows. So we put out a Craigslist ad uh, for a bass player and Pete Pete, and I were living in New York at this time. And uh, Tucker was maybe maybe we'll, the first person that answered that. I don't even remember, but at least the first one we wanted to talk to. Um, we checked out his stuff. He played upright bass a lot, he was in jazz bands, he was in different bands throughout the city. Um, so we we already knew he could play, and we just wanted to hang out and make sure we got along. And we we got along great. Um, and yeah, it's been the three of us since maybe 2009, I think. Um, so yeah, that's that's been great. And we played our first show in 2009, maybe. And a bunch of people from different states came and it was kind of cool to see how far those those eps had had gone and reached people on the internet because we just had no we had no evidence of it before before playing that first show but uh yeah that's how we met well that fills all the gaps uh, uh, i
0: can't believe it was an olive garden <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: an olive garden in, italy. in wow. italy wow what an origin story
0: uh okay so uh, our next question is, in the time away, we saw some things about making the recording studio, but was there anything else in that time that led to you guys wanting to take a break from touring?
3: Uh, just life. Uh, I think I think we had um, been focusing so much energy on the band, physical and mental energy. Um, and not that we toured more than any other band, but it's like, we we were just all in that mode of like, this is a like we're a hundred percent in like this is what we want to do we're doing it um, so even when you're not on the road you're like thinking about being on the road and like wanting to be on tour and wanting to write music um, so I think it just occupied so much of our headspace for for those years that like we 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 just wanted to get to a point where our lives felt a little more balanced we wanted to experience other things in our lives um, and we wanted to find a way to. Make the band work within that. We didn't. We never wanted to stop doing it. Uh, we never really did stop. We stopped touring in like two thousand sixteen or two thousand seventeen, um, and that was with the intention of writing and recording a new album because we just didn't want to keep playing the the first two albums for, you know, eight years. So uh, yeah, we just, we just started building the studio after that. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was just one of those things where. You know we we really wanted to continue to have this be like a really positive and fun thing in our lives and not this all-encompassing thing that uh ate into other parts of our lives um but yeah it's been it's been so rewarding for for all of us to be able to continue to do this band and continue to talk to people like you guys and you know any anyone else on the internet or Everyone at shows, when we played shows, uh, it was always so gratifying.
1: Wow, I can't believe that. That's crazy. That's, like, that's really nuts. That's really nuts. I can't believe you guys did all of those things in all that time. That's insane. So, you guys, um, obviously, play lots of shows and have... Seen lots of places, um, especially the Olive Garden in Italy, mm-hmm. where you guys all met. I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> what's the best city you guys have played in? What's your favorite city to play in? Um, if you were to pick one,
3: oh, they're all great. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I. I mean, New York, New York City, Brooklyn, always feels like home. Uh, those shows are always fun. The energy's great. Um, so many. I mean, Boston. Philly, um, yeah, Atlanta, Orlando's always been really awesome, Um, Houston, uh, Denver, uh, Detroit, I mean, everywhere, LA, Seattle, San Diego, Uh, I'm probably missing some. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We've we've had great experiences in most cities, and those like major markets are always so much fun just because you have so much more opportunity to play in front of more people. Um, and those are just the cities you end up hitting the most, anyways, <clears throat> when you're when you're going out on tour with with other bands, especially. Uh, so you you kind of get to know people in each city, and that's that's like a really comforting thing to have on tour, um, just because you're. In the band so often you're like seeing the same few people every day um so it's, it's really nice to be able to like go to those cities and reconnect with people that we've grown relationships with or friendships with uh just from being there frequently um so i hope we can get back to that at some point soon
0: uh, i i have yet to play any of those cities <laughs> wow it's almost like i can't work in the u.s yet no that's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. um Okay. So obviously, you know, if you've been touring, uh, like you, you have to, you have to try out different restaurants on the road and you know, when you're, you're coming up as an artist and you're broke, you have to get creative with meals, but, uh, and what you eat, but what would you say is like your number one meal recommendation?
3: I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. I mean, I love food. Food's fantastic. Um, As far as like meals I make myself, I've been focusing a lot of energy on like making curries or making uh, Brussels sprouts. I'm trying to perfect a recipe, not going so well. Uh, Roasted carrots, pretty good. Um, Yeah, I don't know, food's so good. I think I just ate so I'm not super hungry and it's hard for me to talk about food. Uh, banana bread actually it's not a meal but it could be a meal but I've been really into eating banana bread this past year not making it just eating it
1: whoa tuna in craft dinner Spencer did that one time and left the pot outside for three fucking months I did mm-hmm. I ruined a pot yeah you ruined a pot <laughs> now uh a question too I think um because you guys do kind of do a little bit of self-reflection in your music and um you know look back on the past and look you know, forward to the future and talk about getting older and growing up. If you were to go back and give your younger self, whatever age you can pick, wherever you want, um, you know, a piece of advice, whether that pertains to your music career or just to general life, uh, what would you say? And, and you know, why would you give that piece of advice?
3: Um, I think it's. I think like specifically for music is just to like always have fun be something you're focusing on. Always have, always make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing and the people around you are enjoying what you're doing and what they're doing. Um, Cause it's, uh, none of this is worth it unless it's not fun. And I think that's with like any creative endeavor. And sometimes, sometimes you lose, sometimes you lose that. Cause you're just like, so you're, you, you become so overtaken with this idea of success. Which is different for every person in the world, but like, uh, it's tough. It's tough not to compare your success to someone else's success, um, and I think that really takes the fun out of what you're doing. And then I think when what you're doing is not fun anymore, I think your creativity struggles. I think your what, what you're making struggles. Um, so yeah, I would just I would just go back and tell myself to focus on letting it be fun because that's that's all that matters.
0: Wow, that brought a tear to my eye.
1: That brought two to my eye.
0: Wow. <laughs> you have two tear ducts and one eye? Yeah. Damn. Just
1: one singular eye. <laughs> They're on both sides. <laughs> and they on can, one side. they, co- they come together and make a big tear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so obviously it was eight years between uh, You're Always on My Mind and Pono. Now, I have a question. Uh, you know, as somebody who is a big fan... I'm really interested what does the next chapter of a great big pile of leaves entail
3: uh hopefully some shows at some point I have no idea uh, I'd love to play shows we'd love to play shows uh, I think it's I think it's a tough hurdle to get over when uh, you know we've all been stuck in our homes for a year and a half and then like Things start to open up and it's tough to go it's tough to go from that to going to being in a room with 500 people um so i i, I think we'll get there i hope we'll get there um but yeah so we talk about we talk about shows a lot but um i think i think just more new music um we've got the studio that will finish at some point and then uh yeah we've been we've been throwing around uh, some ideas for for New songs and hopefully an X record. So, yeah, hopefully more new music in the next year or two.
1: Holy shit! Stadium tour? Wow, wow, that, that's enough chapters for a full novel. That is a that well, is. You guys have some big, big plans. That is a Jane Eyre sized <laughs> plan. <laughs> um, so, when you're doing your stadium tour, uh, uh, are you guys coming to Calgary? You have a lot of fans here in Calgary, and if you were to come, you know, you could play Folk Fest or Sled Island. Do you have any plans to come to Calgary, or are you even aware? that you have so many fans here in Calgary.
3: Um Folkfest would be cool. I would we, would we fit the bill. Uh S- Sled Island, I don't know Sled Island, sorry. I don't know what that is. But um I'll look them up. I'll look both of them up to make sure I know what I'm talking about after this interview. Um but Yeah, we we've, we've only played Toronto and Montreal on tour and I don't We may have played Vancouver once, but I'm not sure. But yeah, we haven't gotten out to like the Western side of Canada very much. Um, I have a bunch of family in Canada. Uh, Crossing the border is always a stressful endeavor. But yeah, I'd love to make it happen. I'd love to play everywhere we've been and as many new places as we can. And hopefully it happens someday. You
0: know, just like Forrest said, we are really like the Miami. Yeah, the the Miami of the north. Of the
1: north. No water. No water. um, No real, like, you know, beachfront. No. There's the sandy beaches on the river, I guess. Yeah. I might say, like, uh, I mean, Miami definitely has more cocaine. Um. Well. Well. I don't know. You know. (laughs) tough to say. I mean, you were a doorman at a bar. That's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I will say that... uh, I have been threatened more times in Calgary, Alberta than I have been in Miami. Have you been to Miami? No, no. Um, okay. So <laughs> actually, uh, this is my last question for, for you guys. And, uh, it's sort of a big one, but when you guys are jamming and you're starting to come up with, you know, uh, various song ideas, who's usually the one that initiates the riff?
3: Uh, the riff usually comes from Pete for sure. He's got a lot in his back pocket and he's, Always coming up with new little doodlies um, so yeah it's just fun to jam on that stuff when we're practicing uh, Tucker sometimes will pop up with something sometimes I'll just like play a beat and either one of them will will start playing along to it um, but yeah I don't know there's uh, I, I feel like with our music there's kind of just this like Unspoken thing where like I'll I'll have a part that's just been in my mind for a really long time and it'll just match up perfectly with something Pete Pete randomly shows me, um, and not even something like in four four it'll be like a really weird time signature and I'm like this is this thing fits exactly, um, so yeah that stuff like that's cool those are like the, the most magical moments um, and with with Pono since we had the studio we got to do a lot more of that kind of just like jamming on ideas and playing with ideas. Um, as where you're always on my mind was a little more like Pete was coming to us with like fully, fully realized demos um, that Tucker and I would just write drums and bass over. Um, so yeah, it's cool to kind of get back to us being in a room and feeling that energy of the song.
1: No way that your mom starts playing the songs first, dude. No that, way. That's wild. You're talking out your ass.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, honestly, I'm bummed that we couldn't have done this live, but I'm so happy that my favorite <laughs> band was on my podcast. I just have to say that Amazing. right now. Amazing. like, oh, that brings a tear to my eye. So thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope this is what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to let me know if you have any questions, uh, or if I need to fix anything that uh, I did terribly wrong. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Brilliant. What a fantastic (laughs)
0: interview. Honestly, uh, Ten out of ten. I um, never
1: knew what they were going to say. I never I, knew what was coming. I never knew what was coming. <laughs> no, uh, no.
0: I also uh, really didn't know what questions we were going to ask. No. So, no, we what? still haven't figured that out We yet. still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but great
1: interview. Thanks for coming great on. Great
0: interview. We are recording the questions after we get done the regular <laughs> podcast. No, we're just sending
1: them <laughs> blank video, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: so... Uh, A Great Big Pile of Leaves Pono. It was released by Top Shelf Records, which if you are a fan of the podcast and you listen on YouTube, you might have seen that sticker Mm -hmm. on my laptop. Uh, It was released by Top Shelf Records on the 13th of August, 2021. It's their third full-length album, and it's the band's first in eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an indie rock album with tones of emo revival drums, math rock guitar, slow and low vocals, and alt-blues bass. It's got Mm -hmm. like a real cool a uh, funky combination that kind of like sets this mood of nostalgia mm-hmm. just in how it sounds um it really sounds like a jam sesh yep. at a college party
1: was recorded well like listening to it for me i was like oh this is like the perfect sitting in a park in the summer having beers sort of music <laughs> yeah. put a blanket down fucking, like my favorite summertime activity man yeah sitting in a park drinking beers sitting in the sun listening to good music
0: listening to good music maybe mm-hmm. tossing the bee. yep you know toss, tossing the, frisbee. Tossing the definitely. frisbee definitely i remember it wasn't pono but i remember when we were in toronto uh, we were listening to Bahamas and we mm-hmm. were listening to You're Always On My Mind while we were on the beach tossing the frisbee. Yeah. So it's funny because I have so many memories with this band. Like just their, their, their songs have become soundtracks to different aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's funny because uh, I wrote this down. For people that haven't heard A Great Big Pile of Leaves yet, think Mac DeMarco for people who are actually alt. Mm.
1: fair (laughs) enough and less less fingers in the bum like i don't know what they do in their personal life (laughs) i know mac demarco on stage likes to finger his butthole so yeah less of that a lot less of that yeah uh
0: i've watched a few of their uh live recordings Mm -hmm. and they're they're very they're very mellow and chill on stage Mm -hmm. but they're still super high energy it's a weird combination um Okay, so the album title actually means righteous in Hawaiian. Nice. uh, Which is cool, because a lot of people thought that it meant uh, the old MP3 player that is defunct that was called Pono. the old Pono. The old Pono. Uh, Mm. But no, it it means righteousness in Hawaiian. Uh, And its themes are a mix of reminiscing over old, simple pleasures of adolescence while coming to terms with the monotony of adulthood and finding joy through it all. Mm. Um, I think it's funny because one of my... Uh, this is like my only criticism across all of their albums, and just it's a style thing, but it, it works. It, 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 again, goes back to what we were talking about with Bon Iver. There's a lot of times where I don't necessarily <clears> – <throat> excuse me. There's a lot of times where I don't necessarily – Robitussin. Uh, Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not me when I'm hungry. Um, that's Snickers. Snickers. You got uh, close enough. Robitussin. <laughs> Have a
1: bottle of Robitussin. I know you're hungry, Betty White. <laughs> Ricola. <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, thing? diarrhea. Hey, hey a pepnopus. My- hey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so they uh the, the one like weird little piece of criticism I have is that like mm-hmm. a lot of times lyrics, I can't uh, I don't necessarily hear all of them, mm-hmm. like distinct words, or uh, it takes me a few listens to understand them. But the, the vibe is set so much with the instrumentals, yeah. they, I, it kind of doesn't matter, you know?
1: No, the guitar is pretty killer on this album, I have to say. Oh, it's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so uh, it was produced and recorded by the band in their home studio that they built. Uh, and they, uh, they built it so that they would have like a jam sesh and a place to mm. record and stuff. Uh, it was mixed by touring guitarist Matthew Weber, who previously worked with Lewis Knight from American Idol, and The Young Statues, uh, which he's still a guitarist and vocalist for. Interesting. Um, I don't know if you've heard The Young Statues. They're I like, have not. They're a little bit heavier. Uh, they're, they're kind of in the same vein, uh, but they're, they're a little heavier than A Great Big Pile of Leaves. And it was mastered by Dave Downham of mm. uh, Beach Slang. Hmm. Which is uh, super cool that there was, like, crossover amongst these, like, other artists that are kind of in the same... Yeah, same know, sphere. Same sphere. Um, so the album had a limited release of pre-sales, which was 300, 180-gram black, 300 splatter records, and 900 marble smokes. Um,
1: now... I don't know what that meant. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's the design
0: of ah. the record. So ah. I got I got the marble smoke... Um,
1: okay, that makes sense. Ooh, yeah.
0: that's nice. So, very, uh, very pretty. Um, the splatter is like uh, it, it's basically an explosion of rainbow colors mm-hmm. coming out from the center. Um, and then they had a second press, which was uh, of blue and white smoke, but they also released it on CD and cassette.
1: Nice. I like it when people have a little bit of fun with the actual color of the vinyl itself I do too yeah
0: i like I like when there's fun with the vinyl, and I like when they they put a thought into the packaging of it mm-hmm. and I think like we notice it a lot more with like these indie bands, you know,
1: yeah, I feel like sometimes with bigger artists and with bigger record labels, the vinyl pressing is a bit of an afterthought mm-hmm. where smaller bands know that the main you know group of their audience will buy vinyl records off of them so they put a lot of time and a lot of effort even though like we we have when uh, i bought earth tones on vinyl Mm -hmm. like it was like pearl ivory white it was fucking sick it was beautiful yeah yeah and
0: and it's like that is an extra step that makes me appreciate the artist Mm -hmm. as a whole you know it's like it's like what we talk about with like the 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 artwork as a part of the review yeah you know it's like uh, i think that it it does mean a lot more to me when i see that there is actual thought put into it you know Mm -hmm. it's not just like a picture of the band it's (laughs) cool that
1: it's cool too that they did a couple different releases for the actual vinyl color itself yeah they had some options and you could pick and choose and yeah that's pretty cool yeah i thought
0: that was super (laughs) fucking dope so uh the band had been working on ideas for the album since 2013 when their last album you're always on my mind was released um but they didn't uh, put everything together right away. Yeah. So uh, the last uh, – this, uh, this is what Pete Wayland, uh, who is their vocalist and guitarist, this is what he had to say in an interview with American Songwriter. The last record was a little more introspective, and this one connects all the songs. It's more outward thinking, and it's more about harmony and peace. A lot of the instrumental ideas happened over the course of the last eight years, but the songwriting itself, the lyrical content, and the melodies began during 2020 from little nuggets of ideas that started years ago. The songs, uh, the song doesn't really take form until I sit down with an acoustic and flesh out the lyrics and melodies and piece them together. Uh, and then their drummer, Tyler Saucy, adds, Pono went back to working out ideas in the space and jamming on things, working on really rough sketches of the songs. Then when Pete did the vocals and melody and lyrics, it dictated where the final uh, composition was going. So it's kind of cool because the, it sounds like they sit down and jam.
1: <laughs> You're fucking touching the mic like crazy today, my dude. Guy. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying
0: to get it in a good spot, and it's fucking <laughs> annoying me. Uh, <laughs> it was really bothering me. I'm sorry. It's in a good place now.
1: You're in a good place now, Spencer. Uh, I'm in a good place yeah, now. Good. I'm um, happy for you. <laughs>
0: uh, um, yeah, it sounds like they uh like that that songwriting process comes through, I think. Yeah. Like it, it really feels I that was
1: gonna way. say it definitely feels like a labor of love, like they spent a lot of time. With the with the music, like everything is like I said, it's like a perfect like chilling album. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell that they were like just jamming, having fun. Like it's really really nice. It's so cool because I I like I know you were a big fan and I listened to a couple songs from you, but I never dove into like an album or anything myself. And this I think we started listening to this like two weeks ago. Um, we were gonna do this, and I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, because <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. were record this last week, but we were busy last week uh, last weekend, so we were like, oh, we'll just do a single episode. Yeah. Um, you know, because every. <laughs> god was against us last week god was really yeah, against yeah, us yeah, last week yeah but you know what it turned out well so i had a listen and i felt i felt good about it anyways <laughs> no. i had a listen to this and i felt good about it no so. and like i i actually am like uh it's so funny
0: because this is one of those bands that uh i've read a lot of people online talk about this too where it's like it connects with uh a lot of people in the same way where it's like I want everyone to know who they are, Mm -hmm. but it feels like a piece of me because, like, every song you kind of have this weird relation
1: to, in a way. Like, And one thing you mentioned, too, like, it feels nostalgic, but it also feels like a, you know modern indie music yeah like the, the nostalgic thing is uh not really like oh it sounds like old music no it doesn't it sounds like in like you know a, a good chunk of indie music today yeah but it has a nostalgic factor to it um i don't know where it comes from maybe from the lyrics or the memories associated yeah. with it but i get what you're saying i
0: don't that. know why i'm glowing so much in this episode it's i'm okay. just like so fucking happy it's because okay. <laughs> the
1: caffeine has hit us now yeah uh, <laughs> no if i can chug i chugged my coffee down i feel good now too
0: okay so in an interview with stereo gum uh they also added it's also possible to say that pono actually took a month to complete for that we can thank uh pete whelan's wife who gave him a deadline of new year's eve 2020 (laughs) to put the album to rest and she said that in the beginning of december
1: and that's just the push that i needed (laughs) (laughs) you know you know sarah does that for me sometimes too and she's like can you put the dishes in the dishwasher <laughs> she, she like leaves she... I'm sorry you're comparing an
0: artwork <laughs> elbow to fucking doing chores yeah well sarah
1: sarah pushes me pushes me to get them done like the other day like she knows i have a phone and she knows she could text me but she wrote a note on the fridge oh yeah she was like hey i clean the kitchen Can you take the garbage out and the recycling and I was like, you know what? That was just the motivation I needed. No, <laughs> so I fair. went and I did it. And oh, no, I did it. So I get where he's coming from. <laughs> I totally relate. His wife put a deadline on it. Like Sarah puts a deadline on small things for me. It's how, how men function. Dude, it's so funny <laughs> that, that
0: you found the relation in that.
1: <laughs> I have the ultimate relatability. <laughs> it's little things, though, you know. You see where I'm coming from, right, people? I totally yeah. see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: okay, so uh, something else that's kind of cool: the album art was designed by Jamie Tellerico, uh, mm-hmm. who designed their 2013 cover for "You're Always on My Mind," and that art style kind of became synonymous with the band—that like doodling sort of uh, style, yeah—in uh, their artwork. Um, you can also see it on my T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, but it's funny because, like, I uh, I, I think. Their first album, uh, have you seen my prefrontal cortex? It has this like kind of wackier art form, right? Yeah. And it looks cool, but it it doesn't match the band nearly as much as the the last mm-hmm. two album arts do. Like it just it 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 looks like something that somebody in in you know their late teens early twenties would just draw up as like a mock for their fucking thing. Yeah,
1: no, I like uh, I really do like the album cover. It's like something I'd like do on like paint. I, I yeah. Like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Nice. it's simple. But powerful. Sometimes simple is good. And one thing I do like about the specific vinyl pressing, obviously we talked about the color of the vinyl itself, but the sleeve is really nice, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the sleeve is cool, too. That's one thing I noticed when you pulled it out there. The sleeve is really cool on the, the inside. The sleeve
0: is really nice, and that is also a shirt that I have. Oh, cool. Is the, the, the inside sleeve, the, the doodles. Nice. Um, I, I don't wear it nearly as much as I wear this one. I like, I like this one better. I don't know. I just like this mm-hmm. great shirt. You know what? I'm sure you have your reasons. I have my reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. They were they were both birthday gifts, <laughs> yeah. so I'm I'm appreciative of any of it. But um, okay, so let's get into about the artist. Mm-hmm. So a great big pile of leaves formed when Farewell to Arms, a band that guitarist and singer Pete Wheland and drummer Tyler Sosie were in, that it split up. Yeah. Um, in an interview with AMP, uh, Sosie said that Wheeland and himself would always go to this brewery in their hometown after writing and recording. We'd sit there for hours talking about names, Google searching to see what had been taken, and it probably took us about a month to settle on the name A Great Big Pile of Leaves. It was actually one of Pete's first suggestions, and it just seemed to be a name that we kept circling back to, and one day it just stuck. I think it's pretty memorable, and I'd like to think that it stands out from the sea of band names out there today. He also described the name as being a throwback to being a kid and having fun. Yeah, that's what I was
1: about to say. It's like... You know, when you rake up the leaves and you jump in them, yeah, it's that's also kind of describes the nostalgia feeling you kind of get to. It does suit them, it It, really does. It it does suit the music, yeah.
0: It it's like it's this, and it's so funny because I remember uh, my uh, one of my best friends, Brody McCool. That's his real name, Mm. uh, McCool, 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 and he is McCool. He is McCool. Yeah, he is. He uh, he introduced me to a great big pile of leaves, and uh, I remember listening to them for the first time, and I was like, damn, who is this? And he was like, oh, it's a great big pile of leaves. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, a great big pile of leaves. (laughs) I was like, I'm never going to forget that. (laughs) Like, that is so... And if
1: you think about it, too, if they were just, like, leaves... If their name was leaves, it's like a little, you know, drab and a little too serious. And if it was a big pile of leaves, but, like, how big? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, how big is this pile? Yeah. Yeah. You needed needed something to describe how big the pile of leaves (laughs) is. You know? (laughs) I get it. I get it. I totally get it. It makes me think of when I was
0: a kid, uh, like a teenager, and I would have to rake our massive fucking lawn on the farm. Mm -hmm. And uh, there would literally be a pile of leaves that was, like, the size of this half of the living room. So I would rake it. Underneath this tree that was like I don't know like ten feet up, yeah. I would make this giant pile of leaves, and then I would jump off of the branch of the tree nice into the man. leaves.
1: It was fun. See, we used to kind of do that. With, well, in Newfoundland, there's so much snow. We used to get so much snow, so we climb up on the roof and we jump off the <laughs> roof and get the snow. And it got it was a lot of fun until uh, you know the snow got hard. Yeah, <laughs> then it stopped being fun. Yeah, it, there's nothing worse than like when you think it's gonna be soft, but but man. I don't know anywhere else where we'd get fucking snow banks that would be like eight or nine feet high in your front lawn. I remember one year, (laughs) my dad, we got a snowstorm and my dad had to shovel his way out of the front door. It was all the way up to the top full of snow. And my dad had to shovel from the inside. Holy shit. Yeah, to get out. Yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, they get so much snow. A great big pile of snow. A great big pile of snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the Canadian
0: counterpart <laughs> yeah, to a great,
1: yeah, yeah, a great big pile of snow. <laughs> okay, so <In> May. <laughs> uh,
0: after they got the band name and they were starting to work together uh, on more music, the duo mm-hmm. then moved from Connecticut to Brooklyn, New York in 2007, where they released their first two EPs, The Fiery Works 1 and 2. Both EPs were home recorded using recording equipment that members had collected. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these albums are actually pretty good because, like, the, the you get like kind of the vibe of what they are. Yeah. Um. The there, I will say this though. One song, uh, "Tangerine," is one of my least favorite songs of all time.
1: Really? It's so
0: <laughs> fucking not good. And like the rest of their work, I love. But "Tangerine" is just the one song where I'm like. Why did you do this? And it doesn't fit like the vibe of them at all either. It's just like mm. it, it, it like you can you can get hints of their vibe I guess in it, but it's not like it's not like the rest of their album. Like they have a song on uh, the Fiery Works One called uh, This is a Country Song. And it's a fucking great song and yeah. it totally matches the vibe entirely well, Tangerine doesn't do it Tangerine like, hey, does hey. not. It's like,
1: "Hey, tangerine!"
0: and it's just like, "No! No, what are you doing?" And I found those albums after I had found their other works. So. I'm more of
1: a mandarin guy anyways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're easier to eat.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. And there's less seeds. Less, less seeds involved, yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. I do
0: like juicing tangerines though.
1: Mm. Like I've ju- never, I've never juiced anything. Really, I just buy my juice pre juiced. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> I, buy, I buy
0: my pre juice. You know what's weird though is I actually think like it's it's way sweeter drinking hmm. like like juiced juice. Yeah, really. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and it's weird because there's not sugar added, but like it's just sweeter.
1: I. I never knew we'd have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you were so into juicing.
0: I am quite into juicing. Really? I like juicing. You have a juicer? I I, I do not have a juicer. I have a hand juicer.
1: Is that just a euphemism for No, no, it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's like a, <laughs> a thing that's
0: got a cup underneath and it's got like a oh. peak and then like a little, uh, I thought you were talking grate. about, and you put the half off. the orange on it and you go like that and oh, then it fills okay. up. Okay. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. I've, I have one of those. I've juiced a lime like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I make lemonade and I make yeah. homemade orange juice with that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It takes a long time with homemade orange. Yeah, and orange it takes like juice, 15 but. oranges. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it would go bad if I didn't do that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, glad, I'm glad we spoke about this. I am, too. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay. A great big pile of oranges. A great
0: big pile of oranges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so... Tucker Yarrow then joined the band as the bassist, and they began playing live shows. Nice. They didn't have financial or critical success at the start, but at a show in a church where there was hundreds of kids, uh, they started playing, and everyone knew the words to their songs. Oh, that's cool! And they were like, "This is weird," you know, because they're like they're releasing their music online. They're like, you know, just doing uh, these weird shows, mm-hmm. and when they got done the show like everybody loved them that was there and then all these parents at the back of the room kept coming up and they're like you know I usually don't like my kids music but I really like you guys and so like they had like this like connection with the audience that nice. uh that really translated right away
1: which is cool and a wide appeal by the sounds of it
0: a very wide appeal so the trio then began recording their first LP in 2009 and when they were doing it they were releasing teaser videos on YouTube of their recording process. Mm. They're all like two minutes long. I watched uh I watched the ones that I could find online. And man, there's some really cool things in it. Like uh there's uh there's a part in uh the song uh We Don't Need Our Hands where there's a choral chant, right? Mm. And they showed the recording of it. They all went to a cabin in the middle of nowhere with like all their friends, and they're like tobogganing and fucking playing card <laughs> games and stuff. And they just set up a microphone in the middle of the room, and all their friends were like, "Oh, oh, oh, <laughs> that is cool. Oh,
2: oh, oh,
0: oh. Mm-hmm. it was so cool. That is. Cool, I was yeah. like, that's fucking. That's sick. fun. Get
1: everybody involved.
0: Get everyone involved. Uh, and then they released their lead music video single. Uh, for Alligator Bop on June sixteenth, twenty ten, it currently has one hundred and eighty four thousand hits on YouTube, but the video is really cool, and I wish more people would see it because, uh, they stand in front of a chalkboard, yeah, and they play the song like like probably like eight different times. They have some where it's just, like, one member of the band. They have some where it's, like, the whole band. And the chalkboard changes. Oh, that's so they, cool. So they change, like, different backgrounds. And then they animate, like, like chalkboard style stuff on top of the oh, video. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. Pretty fucking
1: original. I, have, I haven't seen it. I'll have to give it a watch.
0: It's a, it's a fun mm-hmm. one. It's, it's one that I was like, that's fucking dope. Uh, okay, so they released that on June 16th. And then on June 22nd, they released their debut album, have you seen my prefrontal cortex? Uh, which is a great name for <laughs> It's like, no, I have it. <laughs> I actually have it. And it released on vinyl six months later. Uh, in the meantime, they went on tour with Saves the Day, Motion City Soundtrack, Say Anything, The Appleseed Cast, and Hello Goodbye. So they were on tour like all the way like leading Mm -hmm. up to this. They were getting more popular because they're opening for these bigger, like, you know. uh, Yeah,
1: I I see. I recognize the name Hello Goodbye because my sister used to listen to them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know them, but they have the one songs like I like Where We Are. Yeah. When when We we Drive. drive In in Your your Car. car. Yeah, yeah. And I
0: like. Yeah. no, we are. (laughs) Here. (laughs) Well, in Motion City Soundtrack, I I recognized them right away. Um, Okay, so in 2011, they released two limited edition EPs through Top Shelf Records. Boom, which was an acoustic that had stuff from Fiery Works 1 and 2 and Have You Seen My Prefrontal Cortex, and Live from the Living Room, which was recorded at their manager Jesse Johnson's house party. and. I really dig both of them. There's an acoustic of Alligator Bop that's really good. There's an acoustic of Heavy uh, of This Is A Country Song that's really good. It's a great live recording of uh, 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 We Don't Need Our Hands. Really, really strong uh, limited releases. And then in 2013, they released their sophomore album, You're Always On My Mind, with Top Shelf Records on July 2nd. Um, now, it debuted on the Billboard charts, and it... So it this is where it was on the Billboard charts, because it was on five categories. Yeah. Uh, it was number 15 on Heat Seekers, Alternative New Artist number 8, Vinyl number 9, Internet number 20, and Independent Albums number 89. Uh, the recording process for that album only took two weeks. Wow. Which nice. is fucking insane. I didn't,
1: I didn't know there were so many categories. Like, I've heard of the Heat Seekers. I never heard of the Internet. one One. yeah i didn't realize strange
0: i was trying to look up like past stuff uh but billboard makes you pay to look up oh that's lame to the categories and i was like i'm not gonna do that although i guess i could write it off for the podcast technically
1: put put it on your taxes
0: it could be a tax write-off yeah um but uh it was it was produced by ed Ackerson uh of the replacements and the jayhawks that's cool uh and music blog site brooklyn vegan uh named it number 60 on their 100 best punk and emo albums of the 2010s Mm. it was two above pups the dream is over which that is a fucking that's also a great album yeah it is i like
1: Pup quite a bit too toronto
0: band uh dvp is one of my favorite songs Mm -hmm. don valley parkway fuck it's a good song uh Okay, so the band stopped touring in 2016 to focus on building their own recording space, and they needed a space for jamming so that they didn't have to rent one. Um, and all of the guys hold jobs outside of the band, uh, and this seems to be something that they just really enjoy. So this is more of a passion project. Mm-hmm. This is like this is fun for them, and I think that that's why their music is so good. Which,
1: which is cool. I mean that they're they. That they're, you know, they make such good music and they're just like regular guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool. Well, and
0: and uh, something that I think is really cool. So Tyler Saucy is a music publicist, Mm -hmm. but Pete Whelan, the vocalist and guitar player, he teaches special needs kids at a school. Oh, really? Yeah. Him and his wife are both teachers and he teaches special needs kids. So as soon as I found out about that, because I read about that in in the Stereo Gum interview and I was just like that just like made him so much cooler. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like I was like. You know, this is like a group of good people, like yeah. and that that I don't know. That was really that cool. definitely adds to it. Adds to it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good um, for him. Okay, so let's get into the notable tracks and singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, "Beat Up Shoes" and "Hit Reset" were like the two singles that came out. Yeah, I really do like "Beat Up Shoes." "Beat Up Shoes" is really fucking good. I like the uh, I like the guitar in it. That mm-hmm. like do 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 doo do do doodle. do 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 doo do do and like the the stops and starts yep. is really cool in that. Um, my favorite song on the album, like the one that hit me because it reminded me so much of Alligator Bob, uh, just in it not even, uh, not even in its tone, but in its style, mm-hmm. was yesterday's clothes. Nice, because it's just such a fucking like. Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's a cool song about like getting older, but like not hating the fact mm-hmm. that you're getting older. And I don't know. I just, I really liked that. Um, kitchen Concert's a fun song, too. Yeah, I've had Halloween
1: on repeat. Oh, yeah. Halloween. That's, so that's much probably good. my standout. Standout track on the album for me. I've been listening to that one on repeat the past week.
0: That's such a fucking good song. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny is like when the album came out, I was like, I'm gonna listen to this all October,
1: and I did. (laughs) 2021 October, I listened to it. See, that's a good time too. Like I was saying earlier, it's a summer, but I think it's like a late summer, early fall. Yeah, yeah. Like I could, I could get into it when the leaves are changing.
0: That's kind of how I've always looked at them too, because like they, like on, you're always on my mind. They have a song called "Back to School," Mm -hmm. and it's about like going to as many pool parties as you possibly can before summer's over. Uh, And like... Uh, there's another song on the album uh, uh, "You're Always on My Mind" that makes me think of when we lived together in Toronto because mm-hmm. it's called "Pet Mouse" and it's about <laughs> these guys moving into an apartment and it sucks, but they there's a mouse in the apartment and they're just like, "Yeah, fuck it, we got a pet mouse." It's like, "Got a new pet mouse, came free with the
1: apartment." <laughs> I think I don't know if I I told you this, but my dad came when we first moved in together and he was like looking around the apartment. He's like, "Yeah, my first place was a shit." Hole too. And I was like, thanks dad. I was like, that makes me feel good. My first apartment. He's like walking around. He's like, Hmm. Hmm. Like doing his dad hums and haws. Oh my and then God. he's like, he's like, yeah, it's not bad. My place was a shithole. My first place was a shithole too. And I was like, Fuck thanks dad. So I appreciate much. it. I appreciate it dude uh, that's it, fucking hilarious that apartment wasn't that bad but i mean like the one thing that did drive me crazy that none of the walls were square like yeah. everything was on an angle everything was, yeah like, it was yeah. like it nothing lined up so you tried to put a furniture in the corner and it wouldn't line up the properly it would be like
0: this or like this yeah like because it, it was built it was built at an angle to face the street yeah it was built on a street but angle. it was like weird how they did it yeah
1: it was bad like the wall would come in like like that and like where the desk was in yeah. the corner there was just like
0: a fucking space that big there was good like a world. half like, a foot gap yeah fucking no, such a
1: weird such a weird bill he was old too and fucking yeah there's so many stories about that apartment. so many fucking stories <laughs> about, the about fucking that the fucking weird neighbors oh god <laughs> our neighbors fucking had beef our downstairs neighbor and our next door neighbor yep. had beef and the next door neighbor went downstairs and cut the guy's internet wire yeah, yeah and then we
0: had to call the cops yeah. and fucking like, <laughs> like report it because
1: we were like well that's Fucked. <laughs> it was all over a fucking parking space. And they would scream and yell at each other. And then when the guy was done screaming and yelling at the, the guy downstairs, he'd scream and yell at his girlfriend and, all fucking And the night. guy
0: downstairs would scream and yell at his wife. Yeah, So oh, yeah. it was like, there was non-stop screaming I, I, and yelling. I
1: remember you could hear it through the vents. And they like owned a store downstairs. And I'd be like taking a fat shit. And i just hear him like yelling at his wife. He's like, we have bills to pay. And he's like, Persian. He's like, <laughs> fucking bills.
0: And da, 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 da. he's like, was wait. he Persian or Italian? No, he was Persian. Oh shit, yeah. I thought he was an Italian.
1: No, he was from Iran. Damn. Yeah. Okay, um, which explains why he tra- treated his wife like that. <laughs> it does make sense. It does make sense. Yeah, not to stereotype people from Iran, but yeah, no, uh, he was not a good man. He was not a good man. No. Uh,
0: it's so funny because like the support
1: what's
0: happening. yeah 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 uh, fucking uh, okay. The the other track I was gonna bring up was writing utensils, like mm-hmm. the last track on the album. So that was. That was originally a different version of it was released, of, like back in like 2012. They did like a a really small uh, EP that I can't find anywhere, so no, I, I... I fucking haven't been able to listen to it. But writing utensils was on that. They redid it for this album, and now it sounds like something that's at the end of Have you seen my Free prefrontal cortex? Like this album kind of feels like a culmination of like finding the best parts of both of yeah. their previous albums and putting it together.
1: It makes sense too, because I mean they were working on it for such a long time. They had, like they started back when they were doing that that sort of style. Off my, pre- pre- I can't even fucking speak. <laughs> uh, anyways, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You understand my point. You understand my point. I got you. Thanks. I got you back. Thanks.
0: Okay, so, <laughs> um. Okay, so let's get into the reception. Yes. Um. So uh, I couldn't find uh the the chart numbers uh because Billboard makes me pay for things mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't on their wikipedia because uh nobody's updated it yet <laughs> no. um but i do know that it was added to basically all of the big spotify and apple mm-hmm. uh playlists when it first came out this last year they had 3.2 million streams on spotify oh, fuck alone. yeah so I imagine it was pretty fucking high up there, especially Mm -hmm. when you account for, like, the, the, you know, pre-sales on their vinyl. Like, those all sold out. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine that it wouldn't have charted on the vinyl charts, you know. It was probably, like, pretty high up there.
1: Especially because they have charted before, so I would imagine that they they could get back on there. And
0: especially when it's been, like, eight years Mm -hmm. since their last album. Like, people were very excited about it coming out. Um, I have a couple of things that I found from reviewers that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Uh so uh Yo 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 Man's cuss, uh Mancusso uh on Sputnik Music, which is like a, uh people can like submit their own reviews and mm-hmm. stuff of stuff. Uh of music, not of stuff. Of stuff. Uh, of stuff of stuff. <laughs> of stuff of stuff. That's gotta be on our merch. Yeah. Of stuff of stuff. Of stuff
1: of stuff. Spencer. Reviews of stuff of stuff.
0: Reviews of stuff of stuff. <laughs> Misfits on vinyl. Um but they gave it a four point five out of five and they mm-hmm. said Pono doesn't reinvent the wheel because it doesn't have to. New influences and attitudes can be found in the little nooks and crannies of this record, which you'll probably find yourself investigating because of how rewarding repeat listens of Pono are.
2: Mm.
1: I felt like that was a pretty good that one. That is a good review. That's better than some of the ones we read from big magazines. Yeah. The like, big... The Stone. <laughs> like the Rolling Stones. Like the Rolling Stones. Yeah.
0: Which, guess who has never covered them? The fucking Rolling Stones. Yeah, fuck them. Um, okay, We're going to so beef them. The Alternatives, Jordan Walsh, any relation? <laughs> No. No, Okay. Uh,
1: uh, I don't have any Jordans. Phils and Leos. That's family names. Phils and Leos. Yeah. Okay. But no, no Jordans. No Jordans. No.
0: Uh, it's like you combine my middle name with your last name.
1: What's your middle name?
0: Jordan. Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. you're literally your email? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, well, don't fucking dox <laughs> me. There's,
0: <laughs> a, there's a reason I have my middle name as my email. You fool. <laughs> he got
1: doxed. It's Jordan Striker one nine one nine one nine. Suck my dick, DocSpencer at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all like sixteen listeners send him spam emails. You know sign him up. Sign him up for things he doesn't want to be signed up for. Hey, newsletters. We have, fuck him over. Fuck we, him over.
0: We have a hundred mm. listeners each episode
1: oh, now. Sorry, sorry. I will say, I didn't mean to. End. I didn't mean to downplay our success. We have we have <laughs>
0: listeners in Sri Lanka now. Sri Lanka. Yeah, we got. What Sri Lanka? the fuck? What up? Yeah, <laughs> what up, Sri Lanka? Ukraine.
1: I, I, India? I have Japan? mad respect for Sri Lanka because they went and swam in the president's pool. Did you see that shit? No. No, so they were fucking, like, protesting the president because they got mad inflation. Like, the, the government spent stupid amounts of money they didn't have. They're in super debt. So they, they rioted, right? And they went to the president's palace and they fucking jumped in his pool. There was, like, <laughs> 60 people, like, fucking in this pool. Like, they're running around with shit in his palace. Yeah, he fucking left. You didn't do this? No. No, it's because I, I listened to the CBC. Did, uh, just sophisticated. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm on <laughs> The CBC,
0: yeah. so I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I wouldn't. Wa- I wouldn't want to listen
1: to it too if you were on. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, do you know where else we're on? Where? Uh, namibia. 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 namibia Coffee. Do you know
0: that Namibia uh, is one of the only countries in the world that does not have a accessible coastline? No. Because of uh, the Namibia desert, it stretches along the entire coastline and. Uh, the shallow sandbars make what, it impossible for barges to come in.
1: What a what a cruel joke! Imagine you're like stuck in the desert, and you're like you like see the water. And you're like I can't, I yeah. can't, I can't, I can't drink that water. No, I can't drink it, and I can't even get near it. Yeah, I can't even like bathe myself. Yeah, that's terrible.
0: That would be fucking horrible.
1: So if you're listening in. Namibia, and you're stuck in the desert, and you're listening to us. We're sorry. I'm sorry for you.
0: I feel like anybody in Namibia that is listening is probably in the capital city. Yeah, uh, which is like, I'm not kidding, 500 miles away from the coast. Nice. Which is very. Weird. <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, usually
1: people have coastline cities are their capitals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, especially for an African nation, like yeah. it, it. It's it's basically a landlocked nation, even though it has. One of the biggest coastlines in the well, world. We,
1: we appreciate you listening to us. We do That's appreciate. a really good, interesting fact, Spencer. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know we had so, such a wide reach i am a cornell graduate
0: so no sorry yeah i my apologies i do know a lot about sharks Uh, (laughs) the pectoral fin uh anyways uh okay (laughs) nice (laughs) 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 fucking hell (laughs) that derailed so bad i'm so sorry it's okay we always derail. uh okay so the alternatives jordan (laughs) walsh gave it a great score now they have a different scoring system they have disappointing (laughs) average good great and phenomenal he gave it great, and he said it may still be a fantasy to bask a little in everyday joys, but a great big pile of leaves have proven f- that their knack for it is as vital as ever. Because mm. um, this album did come out, you know, middle of the pandemic. This was, yeah. like, right at the tail end of, like, the the when shit really sucked. Um, so it was kind of a, a necessity for the time, I yeah. feel. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Abby Jones from Pitchfork gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Nice, Abby. Uh, yeah, thank you, Abby, for, for giving it a good score. Um, and she said, There's something poignant about a band like a Great Big Pile of Leaves, who, for most of their fan base, serve as a soundtrack to, reminisce and, uh, to reminiscence and yearning. Releasing an album so focused on this behavior... Many of the anecdotes on Pono are best served with this kind of hindsight. After all, the freedom of adulthood you crave as a teen almost never feels as transformative as you'd expect. And once aspirational act- antics, like waking up in yesterday's clothes as Wheland sings on the opener, become less enchanting with age.
2: Mm-hmm. Perhaps
0: Pono should be taken less at face value and more as a case for enjoying whatever season of your life you're experiencing at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's great. I feel that way too. Remember how many times in, like, first, second year university, I'd, like, sleep on a futon mm-hmm. somebody's house after drinking and, like, wake up, my back's all fucking sore. Oh, right? yeah. You're, like, wearing fucking nasty old clothes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was fun. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> not now. And you pull but... all-nighters
0: back in the day, man, like, and you, yeah. you feel like it's,
1: uh, you know, like you're invincible. I know, and I'm not even old now, and I fucking feel that way. Like, I was, after new, after Christmas Eve, I was... Like, I got super drunk on Christmas Eve. I was fucking hung over for, like, two and a half days. Dude, yeah. I was like, this fucking sucks, dude. dude. it's not worth it anymore. Like, no. I, I,
0: I actually have a problem with it where, like, uh, it sucks. The other night at Tea House, a bunch of audience members kept buying us shots. Like, yeah. And a lot of the other comics fucked off, so then I was just the one that was getting all these shots, right? Like, people mm-hmm. were just like, oh, I fucking loved it. Anyways, uh, I woke up yesterday morning, and I was dead. Yeah. I was like, this sucks.
1: I don't even really get a headache anymore. Like, my body just, like gives up yeah i just just (laughs) yeah yeah. i feel tired
0: and i feel like i'm gonna puke yeah those are
1: the two symptoms no, I get bad now with with the lights. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking... I mean, Forrest actually was saying, oh, you know, I'm an old man. I'm cramping No, dude, he fit right in. He fit right yeah. in. No, I come out... I go outside, like, fucking after drinking too much. I used to never be so sensitive to light, but I'm like, oh, my fuck. Especially my left eye. My left eye is always closed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's bad. Dude,
0: I hate the feeling like I, I'll get, like, a. It, it feels like I got punched in the gut. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I'm like, oh god, this really sucks. Yeah,
1: no, I don't even really drink that much anymore. I used to fucking love to have a good beer too. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like,
0: now I'm like, this is this is honestly my drinking nowadays. Uh like maybe two Guinness. Yeah, maybe two Guinness, or else like a scotch. Hmm.
1: Well, even like like two years ago when I first moved. Well, I guess it's almost three years. Well, three years now when I moved back. Me and my brother were like hanging out all the time, and fuck, we didn't like our jobs. And like, we did, every weekend we just fucking pound beers, <laughs> fucking hang out. I was like, no, you can pay me to do that again. Yeah, no, no, I could literally like, you could say, oh, you can quit your job, and all you have to do is drink beers on a Friday night and get Which, like fucked up.
0: Most people who, if that's all they do, they don't have a
1: job. Yeah, it's true. That's it's true. true. But no, I can. I can't do it anymore. I don't know what it is. I have like maybe like a good five. Big nights a year. Yeah. I think that's all I got in me now.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 frustrating when uh when your job is uh in Bars, yeah, and then you're just like, I cannot actually, because I, I might
1: die. I honestly didn't think at 24 I'd be that guy that just wants to go home, but mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's that guy now. Yeah, after like feeling like I had to be the life of the party for a long time, now I just like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good to go home. And, I like the old Irish exit. That's my favorite thing. Oh, I love a good. Irish I love goodbye. the Irish exit. Like I hate saying goodbye. Just fucking peace. Yeah. it's the best. It's the best, especially when you're drinking. It's like, oh, I'm gone.
0: You know what? One of my my things that I thought about like right before the pandemic, like 2019 i did shakespeare in the park here right Mm. and uh every sunday night like we had mondays off so every sunday night there'd be a big party i remember going to one party and keep in mind too i'm in like the best shape of my life at that point like uh, i mean i remember you're working out riding your bike working out riding my bike yeah i had a trainer i was eating well everything like i i was in good fucking shape uh i went and bought a bottle of wine i show up to this party i walk in And they're like, oh, you brought wine? Uh, Well, that's cool. That was nice of you. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, well, I thought we were all going to have some. I was like, wine is not a sharing drink. (laughs) And I cracked it, and I chugged the whole thing in that fucking moment. Oh, that's a bad idea. Dude, the next day, I woke up, and I used to have this formula where I would put all of my pots and pans leading to the bathroom. Mm. So I could tell when I got too fucked up because I'd wake up the next day. And there'd be a different pot and pan, like all the way mm-hmm. to the bathroom, because I thought then at any point I can pick up a pot if I'm if I need to puke and just puke into yeah. it while I walk to the bathroom Smart. instead of just leaving one makes beside sense. the bed makes and carrying sense. it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into the review of this album. Oh, I was gonna say one more thing. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I think that sums it up, and I think kind of ties into with the album too. Is we talked about getting older and you know not not, uh, being upset about it. I think I kind of lost the FOMO thing, man. I used to have the FOMO thing. Like I, yeah. like every time, like, even though I wasn't feeling it, I'd like go and like, feel like I had to go or like I was going to miss out. I was this, I don't think I have that anymore. I think it's kind of gotten out of me, you know, yeah. I feel like I can say no and say, I don't have to go or I don't want to, or I feel you know? good about saying no. Yeah. I think some of it's too, is cause I'm, you know, happy, being at home i'm happy in the situation i think it makes a huge difference i you know
0: i also think like this is this is me personally but because because my work is like either i'm traveling somewhere or i'm Mm -hmm. out at night anyways i just don't want to fucking go out i'm like if i have a night at home it's it's nice i like sitting down listening to a record reading a book watching a movie you know like i'm like that's fucking fun for me or like hanging out with friends i'm like yeah we can like I like going like, I'll say this ship and anchor, my favorite place to go in the Mm -hmm. city, because I like to just like, I know all the staff, uh, you know, uh, I can walk in and just hang out with a friend. Like there's always somebody there that I know, but I do that at like three in the afternoon or four at the afternoon, Mm. you know? And then, I'm out by, like, five or six.
1: Yeah, I mean, now, too, like, I think, like, it used to be like, oh, go out, go to a party or go to a club. Yeah. Like, now I just, like, if I'm going to go out with my buddies, I'm going to go out and we're going to talk for, like, five hours. Yeah. Six hours. And that's fucking way better. That's so much more fun. Way better, dude. You have great conversations. Like, me and you, we've had... I don't know how many fucking conversations going out. Me and Sam, yeah. we used to we used to go out for beers and we'd have crazy conversations for like four hours, five hours after work. Like Dude, I, I love that shit. We'd fucking yeah.
0: the the time that we walked back to my place from downtown. Yeah. when you came back to visit, we walked like,
1: like fucking an hour and a half. Yeah, man. yeah. And, and we, we just, just like, talked.
0: We fucking picked up. We were walking by a liquor store, so we bought like a fucking Mickey, and we were just like we went
1: to one of the shady liquor stores where the door locks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to buzz in and there buzz was, out. Yeah, there was an adult <laughs> store literally right beside it. Nice. Yeah, well, was, we picked up. Activities for later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's a little like a uh, little you know per- about us, I guess, a little personal well, touch of where though, we're at our like, life.
0: I think the only thing that I get like excited about going out and doing is like something like folk fest. Yeah. Like I love going to folk fest because like, yeah, I might I might be drinking the whole day, but it's different because I'm I'm seeing friends mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a long time. We're sitting in a park. We're listening to music. We're able to have a conversation. Yeah. Nobody's rowdy. Nobody's trying to fight. Uh, it's you going know? it's
1: going out with a purpose. Like yeah. it's a little different than just for going out for going out. Like you're going out to catch up, have a conversation, yeah. go see a concert. Yeah, it's with a purpose. It's with a purpose. Look at us. We've we've matured. We've matured. We've matured. Sam, have you matured? Sam is matured too. Sam he's is got, matured. I know he's matured because he's rocking a mustache. He
0: is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? The audience still doesn't know what Sam looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: Do they? Have they never seen you? They have not
0: seen Sam's face. Mm. We're we're going to keep
1: it that way or what? I like put in little hints of myself in some episodes. If I Mm. like, I forget what episode it was, but I was walking back from fixing Spencer's microphone and I cut it, but I purposely left like three frames where you see my arm. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Ooh. The slow, sexy reveal. So they, they know what his wrist looks like. Mm. They know I'm white. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Sam, Samwise, <laughs> Samuel, Samwell, Samuel. Samothan That's Samothan Samatha, 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 Sam-a-tha. <laughs> Samantha. Whoa! Whoa, the female version of Sam. Whoa, Jesus Christ. Whoa, <laughs> dude. Whoa. I wasn't even thinking. That's crazy. That that blew my mind so much. I got a cough. Samatha. <laughs> Samantha 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 (laughs) anyways Pono man okay Pono (laughs) Pono. we're gonna give
0: it uh, every episode we rate our albums Uh, we rate it out of 10 and these categories are technical musical Mm. lyrics album art reception and does it hold up Um, okay so for technical I would say it's mixed very well Mm -hmm. Uh, there is uh, like to me it sounded you sound it sounded like you're in the room which yeah. I think is a it, an interesting thing, but it didn't sound like a live album. Like it, no. it just feels like you're in the room, listening to it on vinyl. Specifically, you have this like, like obviously vinyl sounds warmer, but it really feels like uh, like they're right there.
1: Yeah, it's a like we described it earlier. It's, it's it sounds like a jam session. Like mm-hmm. it, it really does sound like a jam session. Not that it sounds muddy, but no. it, uh, you know, it certainly uh, isn't like the crispest thing. Of all time, yeah, I really like it. No, yeah, yeah, no, I give uh, it, I give it a good grade on this one. Yeah,
0: man. I'd give it, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. half,
1: eight and a half. I'll go eight, eight. All yeah, right, so eight, eight point two, point two, two five. five. Nice. Uh, I'm getting good at math now too.
0: Musical now, uh, musical. Ooh, I think like the, I think the the guitar really stands out, mm-hmm. and I think that it's interesting because the bass doesn't overpower it; it really no. complements it. I think the drums, it's it's. It really sounds like a drum and guitar band. Yeah. You know, um also I would put I would put vocals in under, under musical category mm. instead of lyrics, right? But I think it's interesting because there is that slow and low vocals, but it still has power. Yeah. So, I would go pretty high on this one. I would honestly I'd probably go with a
1: 9 on on uh musical element. Musical, okay. I I might go a little lower. Um, just because, like one of the reviews said, in which I agreed with, it's not like reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, it still sounds very great, um, but it's like, I mean, it's tough nowadays to make something that's completely original. Yeah. Um. Not. Not that that is, you know, the biggest deciding factor on this category, anyways. But I'll go. You win a nine. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go an eight. I'll go eight, eight on. All right. Math. So
0: we're at we're at eight point seven five right math. now. Uh, Quick math. Lyrics. Uh. Okay. I really like the lyrics because mm-hmm. they are nostalgic and 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 uh you know there's 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 a lot of uh there's a lot of fun in them. There's nothing that's really bad in these lyrics, which I think is interesting because I I don't know. I I noticed uh, you know when when you're in high school you want to hear stuff that's like
1: fuck the system, man. Yeah,
0: and, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. And and I feel like this uh is not that vibe at all. So it it it's it's very different. I will say I think the lyrics are pretty original. Like I think what they're singing about is pretty original when when mm-hmm. you got like you know, uh specifically for this album like the water cycles about like fish swimming upstream mm. and like going to spawn. <laughs> like, what a fucking <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, one thing too I think is like the the album itself gave us, you know, a conversation where we were You know, reflecting on ourselves Mm -hmm. through the the lyrics and the content of the album. Yeah. Reflecting on where we were in our life. So I think you have to give it a good good rating. If anything forces you to actually reflect on your your own life, I think it's powerful. powerful Yeah. Powerful lyrics. So I would I would give it a good mark. I'm gonna go eight. Eight? I'm going eight across the board so far. Eight across the board so far? Okay. I'm
0: gonna go eight point five and then that puts us at eight point five. Eight point five. Uh okay. Album art. Uh okay. I'm not just including the uh, the front and back of said album. Mm-hmm. I feel like because there was so much thought that was put into the sleeve, the uh, different vinyls um, with you know like the different colors of vinyl Come on. Uh, <laughs> top <laughs> um. I would go, I would go quite yeah, a bit higher on this one. Pretty, I'd, pretty. I'd give it a nine for the album art because like, even though the front is simple, there's a lot of different aspects that were added to it in various capacities, you know, very careful with that. Um, especially for different versions of it.
1: I, uh, that's a very pretty album. Um, and like the outside obviously is simple, but it looks really great. Um, even the back is nice. The red looks nice, mm-hmm. um, contrast to the white. But the actual vinyl itself and the inside sleeve like we talked about earlier, I'm gonna go high on that too. Yeah. I'll go nine. Yeah. I'll go nine on that. I think it's you could tell that they put a lot of thought into it and uh, I respect it.
0: Yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. so now we're at a nine. Reception. Reception, I mean it's it's like seven out of ten because of like how it's really fucking skewed across the board. There's yeah, and some- it's all
1: it's also tough too because they're not huge band either it's tough yeah. to give them a very high reception score because they're still small yeah um you know uh so in the grand scheme of things like i mean 3.2 million listeners is huge yeah um you know but in the grand scheme of the music world it's it's not that huge not that huge yeah, yeah. so I, i'll go six on it on yeah it yeah a six yeah.
0: six and six and a seven okay so mm-hmm. we're at we're at 8.25 now again uh does it hold up I mean, yeah. I would say, yeah, yeah. I and, mean, it's it's classic, and I think honestly, like based on their other albums, I think that this is going to be an album I'm still listening to in ten years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's interesting. This is a band where, like, I every day probably do listen to them. Yeah, which is it's rare, you know. Like, there's the like even even uh, my favorite album of all time, Hall and Oates' oh, "Abandoned Luncheonette." I maybe listen to it once a week. Yeah, you know. Whereas I can throw on their Spotify and listen, or like mm-hmm. one of their albums that I have because. Here's the other thing, they're one of the only bands where I actually buy their music, <laughs> yeah, <nice. laughs> which, which, uh, you know, makes a difference. Like it's not like I'm just streaming. No, it. and like, you buy their merch too. I buy their yeah,
1: merch. Yeah, oh Yeah. so you're you're a big big fan. I'm a big big fan. I think it absolutely. Holds I'm a great
0: up. big fan of a great big pile of leaves.
1: Nice. You are a great big uh, fan.
0: All right. So eight point two five out of ten. Yeah. Nice. All right. That works. Awesome. Well, uh, right. thank you so much for listening to Misfits on vinyl. Uh,
1: anal contusions. Pow pow. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Strykert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam, Sam the tech man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, <laughs> uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's Misfits on Vinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.